for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. Ah, a little toe-tapping, fiddle-douche, yeah. Come on in to my house right now. We'll have us a fine time. Man, I'm not going to get back to Louisiana until September. That's going to be one whole year in between trips. But we do have a week in New Orleans planned, so that'll be fun. Catch the old LSU Ole Miss game. Oh, yeah, baby. That's that's old home week right there. Welcome to my house. It's Rosie on the house. I'm here with my son, Romy, my wife, Jennifer, and our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. And we're here for you, the Arizona homeowner. Feel free to give us a ring. We tried our best to get the lines cleared during the top of the hour. If you've got a project or something around the house you'd like to visit on, give us a ring at one 767 4348 We've been answering Arizona homeowners' questions for 30 years. Why don't you see if you can ask us a question we've never been asked before? That would be hard. We've been asked everything. And the answers to all those questions are on our website, rosieonthehouse.com, which is a website you should have earmarked as bookmarked as a favorite. Because it is like an encyclopedia for Arizona homeowners. Think about it. We've been on the air 30 years. We've been asked hundreds, probably thousands of questions. All the answers to all those questions you can find on our website. So you go to the website, rosielnass.com. Go to the search engine and just type in home security. Scroll over to the left side of the homepage and click exact search, exact phrase, and then you'll get a consumer's guide there for preparing your home to be safe for when you leave for your week-long camping trip up on the rim or your month-long trip to the East Coast to visit relatives up in Vermont this summer or wherever it is you go away for the Arizona summers. A great guide on home security master checklist that you really ought to take the time to download, print, read it, study it, and take a look at, as well as our current topic of the week, your addicts. And you homeowners that think it's smart to throw thousands of dollars of insulation and radiant barrier and power fan ventilators up in your attic to cool it off for all that it's going to save you on your electric bill are wasting your money. If you take a look at your March utility bill in an all-electric home and your October utility bill, they were probably very close to each other. You're not air conditioning in those months, and you're not heating on those months. Those months are what we call your base load. That's probably the lowest bill you're going to have all year. And for a typical Arizona home, you go to June or July and you see the highest bill. And it's not unusual from the lowest to the highest 
to be twice. If you can usually get by in the winter for about 100 bucks a month, the summer is going to cost you about 200 And I know the equalizer payments are easier for a lot of people, but it really adds a layer of complication in determining your value energy savings. You, if, you're, if you budget pay, then you have to know how to read your total kilowatt consumed and your peak load. So when people look at their bill in July, August, September, and they're seeing bills of 200, 225, 250 bucks. Very often they come to the incorrect conclusion that it's costing me 250 bucks to air condition my house. It's not. You've got a whole base load in there before you even turn your air conditioner on. Your air conditioner is probably about half of your total summer bill. The heat in your attic only impacts 10% of your air conditioning bill. So for this average home, that has a $100 base load, a $200 summer bill, the temperature in your attic only impacts 10% of your air conditioning bill. $10 in one month is what your attic is costing if, you. If your summer high is $200. Yeah, right. So why would you spend several thousand dollars trying to cool off your attic? You'll never get a return on investment. Take a long time. You know, I've, I've discovered something that will pay huge dividends um, for people with a lot of, for homes with a lot of people in it. Find the primary door of use and find the hardest spring hinges on the market. There you go. There you go. That every time that opened, that door just comes slamming back yes. shut. And, you know, we had the call last hour about the fellow wanting to cool off that bathroom. And I told him a return air. Now, if you return air a bathroom in a bathroom that's just freshly been used, you could be distributing an odor through the house. That wouldn't be the most pleasant. <laughs> so, so I'm going to rethink what I told him. Generally, I will add a return air to any room I'm trying to cool off. But I'm sorry, not to a bathroom. What so, made you suddenly think of that? Well, um, uh, I don't know. But I'm sorry I didn't think about it while I had him on the phone. <laughs> All right. We've got Rick, who's been waiting very patiently, almost a half hour to talk to us. We've got Bill and Chandler. We've got Sharon in Tucson. But let's get to Rick. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Rosie. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for I being so question. patient. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I have a manufactured home. Okay. Uh, this is my first manufactured home. We okay. downsize. Okay. And uh, we have the, uh, you know, how manufacturers come just with siding. Right. Well, we decided to, we decided to get it um, stuccoed. Okay. And uh, my thought that uh, with the styrofoam in there and the mud, would it give me more energy savings in the summertime and wintertime have versus you, just a siding on there? Yeah. Have you already done it, Rick, or you're thinking about doing it? No, I've already done it, Rosie. Yeah, okay. Well, you probably noticed fairly quickly that it, it did help you. Um, you, you've done what we talked about. This was our topic for last week, out uh -huh. 
you've added one inch of rigid insulation, which is about an R7, to the outside of your home, which is about the equivalent of adding an R14 or 15 to the inside of your home. So uh-huh. the only the only thing, if I could have caught you before you did it, the only thing I would have taken a look at is what is the vintage of this manufactured home? What year is it built? Uh, I think it was like a 92. Okay. So it has decent windows. Uh-huh. But but I, I would have encouraged you to take a look at investing in the windows first because they are the holes in your insulation envelope. And if we get your walls, you know, if that's a 2 by 4 wall, so it has an R11 bat in it, and you've added an R7 to the outside of that, and did you take the siding off or did you just apply the foam over the top of the siding? Uh, over the siding. Okay. So the siding had an R value. Let's give that one. The sheetrock on the inside has an R value. Let's give that one. You know, all of a sudden we're at 13 on the wall, a 7 on the outsulation, plus the stucco. You're at about an R2021 on that wall, which is good. But your windows are an R1.5. So, so your windows are your biggest loss of comfort in a home. Uh. Uh-huh. So um, make sure you've got sunscreens that are spaced off of the window. We like to put little spacers so that the heat transfer doesn't go from the frame of the screen to the frame of the window. And it creates a little airspace between this, the screen itself and the outside piece of glass. I mean, a, a 1990s manufactured home, you've got insulated glass, right? Yeah, well, she just replaced all the windows uh, before we moved in. She, Perfect. She uh, replaced them all with dual pane, uh, good quality windows. Then you 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 you're about in as good a shape as you could be. Make sure you get the 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 windows shaded any way you can. And I, I think yeah. you 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 haven't been in the home long enough to know how much your investment's going to save you. But I will tell you this: you're going to be in a more comfortable home. Wonderful. Hey, Rosie, how do you? How do you check the insulation on your manufacturer home if there's only four vents on each front and back? Uh, how do you know how much insulation is on top of that roof? Uh, there's no crawl space uh, that I know of in there. Yeah, you you won't be able to. Uh, in the 90s, they would have been putting an R30 bat in there. Okay. But but here's what you do, Rick. Uh, go go to O'Reilly Auto Parts and buy yourself a thermal imaging pistol for about 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the summer, just go around the house and use that thermal imaging pistol to target and and find out where the hot spots in the house are. You're going to find it isn't the ceiling. It, it, it you know it may be warm where the lights are or where the exhaust vents are, but you're still going to find the hot spots are still the windows and doors in the outside walls. So that's the other way I tell people to get off your your attic binge you're you're probably fine in the attic rick appreciate the call and again man thanks for being so patient it took us a while to get to you there this morning and we mentioned this last week with a caller who was looking at doing the same thing but he didn't stucco it um if you are in a manufactured home and you're looking to add siding to the exterior before you stucco it you really need to look at some kind of brick veneer Echelon makes a great product. It's a foam panel that goes on the side of your home, so the pattern's there for you. 
All you have to do is add the mortar, set the brick. It's it's very uh, user friendly, and I won't rehash all the reasons why I would do that over stucco. But the, the payoff and the investment is much better on a brick veneer than a stucco. If you're looking to add it to a manufactured that's a home, good, that's a good look. With the desert sun blazing year-round, your home needs to have fortress-level protection against intense sun rays and oppressive heat. Hey y'all, Rosie here. Fortunately, Pella Impervia fiberglass windows and doors are built to withstand the southwest climate and stay looking great for years. And it gets better. These energy-efficient Pella products can help keep your home more comfortable. So when you leave the sauna outside, you're greeted with a rejuvenating burst of cool air inside. The team from your local Pella Window and Doors of Scottsdale or Tucson can finish your installation project in as little as a day. You're just a short call away from a cooler, better looking, more energy efficient home. Visit the showroom in Scottsdale or call 877-987-3552 to lock in your Pella savings now. That's 877-987-3552. Call Pella now. Doing what we can to help you, the Arizona homeowner. Let's get right back to the phones. We do have an open line if you want to jump on board, one 767 4348 Where are we going first? Bill and Chandler. Then we'll go to Sharon in Tucson. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, um, I've got a, a hangar home over here at Stellar Air Park in Chandler. And when I built the home uh, 15 years ago, I put in a really nice uh, utility-grade epoxy floor, knowing I was going to be building an airplane and dropping tools and making a mess. Um, I'm done with that insanity now, so I want to get going on a, a really nice floor. And I've looked at these multicolored metallic epoxy floors. You've probably seen them out there. Yes. Um, the company I looked at has got fabulous reviews. I, I've looked at them. The utility looks great. And I was just wondering if you guys see any landmines in that plan. Well, I I, I got to feed my curiosity first. What did you build? You I you... built two Vans RV7 airplanes. I, I don't know airplanes well enough to know what they're those are. They're experimental two-seater, aerobatic, 200-mile-an-hour airplane. Great for traveling. That's a hobbyist. Sounds like fun. <laughs> That's a serious hobby. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun, but uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, and they use the line 90% done and 90% to go, and it fits. So <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it, but uh, I'm almost done with the second one, and we're going to turn it into a the uh, family cave, I won't say man cave, but uh, with an exercise area and and just make it really, really nice. Uh, so I looked at these floors, um, and again, I, I, they, there's a two or three of them at the mall that have been in commercial spaces, so they have the durability. And I just wonder if you guys have heard anything about it. I, I lean on your expertise for about everything around the house. No, I tell you, Bill, uh, I, there's no inherent landmine in it. I mean, if you find a reputable contractor uh, that does the adequate prep 
It's all in the prep, man. Uh, Romy, what's John's phone number? 623-777-3900. Caught me me unaware. Okay, Okay, all right. Romy, go go ahead. Uh 623-777-3927. Who is that, John? John Thrice, Arrowhead Deck and Concrete. He does all the concrete coatings and... The the only thing about the metallic is if you're in a area that attracts a lot of dust, you know, it can be a hard floor to keep clean, but Well then you just it, put one of those oh. automatic little robo Robo sweepers. Ro- you just put a <laughs> robo sweeper out there. <laughs> yeah, it, it you know, we it's it's the hangar's sealed up pretty good and yeah. uh, so uh, yeah. it's not too bad. So and then finally, off the subject, have you guys tried the new flavors of Louisiana restaurant on Chandler and Tyreen? No, but their original one out on uh, Litchfield or Dysart, Dysart. in 17, um, I, I probably eat there two or three times a month. I, I, just, oh, wow. I just ate there yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I had dirty rice. Was Landry in? Uh, I didn't, no, I didn't talk to you, but I, <laughs> I, I had dirty rice, I had uh, jambalaya, and a muffalata. <laughs> they they that is one thing I do love is they got, I got baby K's and Mesa for my poor boys and I got flavors of Louisiana for my mufaladas. Yeah, <laughs> so they got some good stuff there, and unfortunately they're way too close. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jennifer, Gentlemen, as always, thank you. Jennifer, do you happen to know what the name of the airplane is that Sean built? She's you on the other line. You don't. Yeah. I, uh, last word of caution to Bill on that airplane: just don't ever let. You know, Robert Duvall fly you upside down through a barn. And That's you're right. An experimental plane. One of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> Secondhand lions. But I've got a brother-in-law lives in the, uh, the Ozarks, and he built a stunt plane, and uh, he's invited me out to fly with him. But I only flew with him once before in another stunt plane, and we took off out of Scottsdale Airport, and he inverted. And we were so close to the deck, I felt like the swarrows were buzzing my ears. <laughs> and so you hear him say, he says, now, Rosie, here's where most stump pilots die. Inverted, they forget to push forward to go up. Ooh. <laughs> Small and, detail. Yeah. So then I threw up all over his cockpit, and we landed. Well, Saturday morning start early for us. I don't know about you, but I'm really mad at Bill right now, because all I can think about is... I'm going to Papados for crossing. <laughs> I don't have time to go to Mesa or Avondale today. I'm gonna hit I-17 and get Papados and get a crawfish bisque and half a pole boy. <laughs> there you go. I mean, your last half hours, you're on your own, Dad. No, oh, all right, all right. We're gonna take a quick break, but we have Sharon in Tucson uh, and uh, open line for you if you'd like to ring in one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. And I do want to talk to all of our army of super coolers that are on APS energy meters. Uh, I want to talk to you all about what you can expect in your power bills, and I want you to feed us all the information you can over the next 30 days. I'm going to go into that when we get back. Well, now now everybody's hungry for Cajun food. Tomorrow night on CNN, Anthony Bourdain's uh, Mardi Gras episode. He was down in March and did the uh, Cour de Mardi Gras down oh. in Mamou. You dress up in costume, 
you ought to see these crazy guys chasing chickens around for gumbo later in the day. It's been a tradition in my move for, oh gosh, a century. Oh, that should be fun. That should be very fun. That's that, some fun right there. That'd be a much more authentic version of, of what Mardi Gras is, not the seven-block <laughs> Bourbon Street stretch that is so famous. That There's more locals leave New Orleans than come in oh, just absolutely. to get away from the madness. It's not a local thing. you got to get out to Mamou, Lafayette, one of them small towns. All right, let's go down to Tucson, see if we reach Miss Sharon. Good morning, Miss Sharon. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm just great. Uh, it's always fun to reminisce with Louisiana and the first time I had turtle soup in uh, New Orleans, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. And uh, the uh, problem I've got is uh, I got an old house about 45 years old, and I love this old house. Okay. But uh, I I think I've got a, a drain problem in my shower, and I was wondering if there was a possibility of getting some kind of a sleeve down it so that it wouldn't have to have the floor dug up and um, just run some kind of a plumbing. I'm not sure. I've seen little blurps on television that these guys are running sleeves down pipes and uh, so you don't have to dig stuff up. But is there a... Is there a minimum of uh, size of pipe that it can be run down? I'm just concerned about that. Yeah, Sharon, what what they probably would do is come out and run a a camera down your drain line. And and what they like to do is they like to ensure that there are no collapsed sections of the pipe and that it's just being clogged, uh, you know, by age. And we don't have any structural problems in it. But the, the company that does this most often is a company called New Flow. And and new, that new what? Flow. And how do you spell that? N U F L O W. New Flow. Okay. And and I'm gonna tell you that I have talked it it's a case by case event. They scope your sewer lines, verify the structural integrity, and then they sleeve the inside of them. But the challenge is every time it wise off or has a junction, that creates a dilemma. And and I have people that have called me, and, and there's a man in Tucson in particular who had this done about five years ago. And has not had one lick of trouble. And it's in a very large home. It would have been tens of thousands of dollars of just replacing the floor tile. He elected to take a gamble and do it. And he's really, really happy. And it's still working well. But for every one of those happy people, I have talked to people who... It didn't work as well as they had hoped. So it really is a case-by-case, and I'm going to call it a case-by-case study as well as a case-by-case gamble. 
We have a very close friend that just recently did this in Phoenix. And his job is presenting some challenges to to get it finished. Uh, But, you know, they didn't have to saw cut right down the middle of the house. They didn't have to create a ditch right in the middle of the house. Uh, So I would... I would tell you just proceed with caution um, and don't do anything without sending a camera down that line first, okay? Uh-huh. I wish okay. I could I wish I could give you a more definitive answer. If there is a break and if if it's um not that severe, then you think that uh sleeve can go beyond it or if there's a break in the line uh, and you're saying if it has a little bit of a crack or a slip, then the sleeve can't go be can't Sharon, go into it. Sharon, if it's at my house, because because this this is not a cheap investment. If it's at my house, and there is any doubt that the obstruction in the line is going to cause a problem farther down the road, I replace the pipe. Just no doubt in my mind. I'm not going to spend seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars lining an old pipe that I could have replaced for about the same amount of money. Okay, I okay. was wondering about the yeah. cost. It's about so, the same. It's just it's just a whole lot less intrusive and a whole lot yeah. less mess. That's what I was concerned okay. about. All right, Miss Sharon, you keep us posted. We appreciate the call. Thanks, Marion. Let's see if we can go to who's been holding the longest. I think it's Ken, but he wants help on ceiling fans. And boy, I'm not much of an expert on ceiling fans. Ken, good morning. I don't know if I'm be able to help you, buddy. Good morning. Well, <clears throat> I'm a handyman. I've been doing it for 25 years. <clears throat> Moved out here from Illinois, working in the East Valley, and this is the dilemma I'm in. Okay. Four ceiling. Four ceiling fans, all identical. Okay. I would I would call them builder grade, but with a remote. Okay. And what I mean by that is they don't have dip switches to okay. change the frequency from each of the four. Right. Now, when I first got there, the homeowner had replaced the batteries in the remote. Great. Two of them are working fine now. One is getting power, and I can turn the light on and off <laughs> manually with the chains, the last one appears like it's not getting any power at all. Now, without taking the fan down and checking yeah. the power up there, right. I was just curious if there's any thing that would make this cheaper for the homeowner. Uh, no, Ken, I don't think so. I mean, I'd, I'd get my circuit uh, indicator, and I'd just pass it along the ceiling by, at, at the you know the bell housing and just, right. see, just see if I'm reading – any power at all to that particular right. junction box, it may be loose at the at the last junction box. But I'd just get my circuit indicator to see if I had any circuit there at all. And if I did, then I would remove the bonnet and I'd check the connections and, and go from there. But how, yeah, that's what how, I told the homeowner. He said it's only three years old, and uh, apparently this it happened to all four at the same time, I'll be but talking. I'm thinking it's a loose wire. Yeah, how high? How high up are they? Uh, they're twelve foot ceilings. Okay, well that's not too bad. 
No, I can get it with a stepladder. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ken. I think you're probably dealing with a loose wire some, somewhere's along that line in this series of, of fans. Okay. Okay, man. Thanks for Thanks. the call. Let's see if we get to Phil real quick. Got a full line of callers here. I want to, I want to get to Super Cooling here in a minute too, as well. Philip, good morning. What are you yeah, up to this yeah. morning? Well, good morning. Uh, I've been trying to drill into uh, 1979 concrete. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> it's it's harder than glass. Yeah, oh oh yeah. I'm try- <laughs> so I, I'm I'm wondering if there's anything that you can suggest that I haven't already tried, which is several drill bits of different types. Do uh, uh, what? What do you? What are we trying to anchor to this, Phil? Uh, a piece of angle iron. What I've got. What I've have is a is irrigation valves underneath, and it's like a U piece of concrete that's right there, U shape, where it's a walk, walk, and then a walk in a U area, and there was dirt there, and then, and that's where the valves were put. So I'm trying to put angle iron on the three sides, and then put some two by sixes across, put a flower pot on top. So people don't walk on it, but that would kind of cover the area from getting wet, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, getting wet for the valves and so forth. That's all I'm trying to do. And then keeping the, keeping the hole from somebody walking into it. And, and Phil, do you have a roto drill or is it just a traditional drill? Well, a hammer, a hammer drill, but, but I don't know what, I don't know the brand name, but. That's okay. Well, any good concrete bit with a hammer drill Ought to be ought to be able to tackle this job. That's what everybody says, and that's what I figured too. And I and I'm going into the side of it, not the top. Okay. And Shoot. I don't. I'm not hitting. I'm not hitting any rocks. Yeah. Uh, and all I'm getting is about anywhere from an eighth to a quarter, and I want to go to an inch and a quarter. Yeah. And I can't get. I can't get it to go in. Have you tried? What? Have you? And, and you're trying to do a quarter inch hole. No, what I what I've got is three sixteenth inch screws using five six uh, five thirty second bit. Okay. Or drill, you know, for drill. And 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 you I, I, and you got a diamond. But what they've got some diamonds for about ten bucks. I don't yes. know if that would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In you're gonna have to invest in a good bit. That's for sure. Okay. Uh. So, so it's not me. It's just I got good hard concrete, which is a that's a nice thing to know. That's a nice thing to know. It is, but a a, ro- <laughs> a roto hammer drill with a good concrete bit, it it'll go. And if you Eventually. It, you know yeah, and if you center in on a on a piece of aggregate, it's gonna slow it way down. But baby, you just it's it's like mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. You just lean into it and keep the trigger pulled. Well, that's what I've got, and and it you know it's creating heat on the bit, so I, I keep spraying the bit with water. But yeah, uh, it's just it's a time consumption thing. I, I, is that what you're saying? Well, once you get through that one piece of aggregate that's got you stopped, it'll it'll drill like butter. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Phil. All right. Very good. Thank you. Happy good. Father's Day. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Phil. Oh, we it's a Father's Day edition weekend, and we haven't even mentioned that all week. <laughs> Man, roto hammer drill. That'll that'll that's a Father's Day present. Stay on one of those for about thirty minutes while you shake the fillings loose out of your mouth. <laughs> I got another story about that. Went to Commercial Divers Institute yesterday. Oh, yeah, how was that? 
It, really cool. We're going to go do a show there. Hmm? The, the, what a great place. If you like to work with your hands, and instead of making $20 an hour as a carpenter, you want to be a carpenter underwater at pier footings and and, and make three times that much money? <laughs> There's an Re- opportunity. Really, really uh, interesting. But he was talking about the old-timers welding underground, underwater, and then all of a sudden their mouth would be filled with metal, and they were ground arcing the fillings out of their teeth. <laughs> 200 feet underwater. <laughs> uh, that's a that's gag a, reflex whoa, way down there. Oh, baby. We'll, we'll have to get Frankie on to tell the story wow. correctly. But I kind of I like dry heaved the whole drive home. I was just thinking, like, if your fillings just came out in your mouth. I mean, <laughs> ooh, that's scary. We got Mike and Peoria we'll get to right after this quick break. It's Rosie on the house. I'm seeing my father in me. I guess that's how. Whatever happened to Paul Overstreet? He had one great album and then just like poof, disappeared. A lot of country artists were that way. They had the one or two hits. But, uh, well, happy Father's Day to everyone. That's why we're uh, coming back to this break with this. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Well, we almost missed that. (laughs) We are so busy at work that like Friday afternoon comes around and we say, are you ready for the show? (laughs) (laughs) What show? No. What show? We're like, we're like preachers. We just show up one day a week and. Man, oh man, oh man! It just blows me away how fast Fridays show up. And you know, we're holidays are not our thing. We're we, uh, holi- uh, you know, we we. You're right about that. <laughs> holidays are just not our thing. And we get that from my mother, Baby K. <laughs> hey, every day's a holiday, so why should one day that's be right. any special that's, than the other? That's her. That's the way every she lives life. Every day's a holiday. So listen, I want to I want to get to Mike and Peoria uh, on his cabin, but I do want to talk real quick about what you are going to probably see in your APS bill. As you know, APS changed the rates. Oh, we have Diamondback tickets to give away for July Fourth oh, weekend still? too. So we better plan on getting that done in the next right, few I'll minutes. I'll figure that out while you cover. You that. figure that out. Uh, you've all been changed to the new APS rate, and the rates always go up at at the beginning of the summer. people Some people are surprised to find that out. No, every summer rates go up, okay? It's just the way it is. So you've been asked to change to another plan. APS may have picked it for you. You may have picked it yourself. And people are at calling me all the time that are super cooling. Do I have to change? Do I have to reprogram my thermostat? Absolutely you have to reprogram your thermostat. The on-peak has changed. From three to eight. If you keep your thermostat programmed to the old noon to seven, you're going to get killed. And we're hearing from some of you right now that I got murdered. That's the highest bill I've ever seen in my life. Well, you've got to get everything changed to now sleep between three and eight. And I can tell you in the old rate at my house, I could get down to about eight cents a kilowatt. Okay. So far, the best I can do in the new rate is about 
10 and a half cents a kilowatt. So if and, and I'm but and the only way I can get that low is my on peak consumption is down at 7%. So my house literally sleeps from 3 to 8. If you're going to work the system and make it work for you and the super cooling and what what APS is actually advertising it now it's called they call it pre-cooling. Uh, if you're going to make that system work, you have to get on a demand rate and you have to fix your house so it doesn't ask to consume any energy between 3 and 8. My water heaters don't come on, my air conditioners don't come on, and I do that with my home energy management computer. And so and and by setting the thermostats as cool as I can stand it off peak. So I I use a lot of power but I use it off-peak. And people say that's not a very earth-conscious thing to do. It's the greenest thing you can do because it keeps APS from ever having to build that next power plant or it greatly delays having to build that next plant. Okay? So y'all be careful out there. We want y'all to keep sending us your utility bills so we can keep diagnosing exactly how we can best manipulate the power consumption for the benefit of you, the homeowners. Let's see if we can get to Mike real quick. Called from Peoria. He actually texted me a picture of a beautiful cabin. Mike? Hello. Hey, man. Nice cabin. Where is it? It's at uh, uh, downtown Peoria. The cabin is? It's not a cabin. It's a regular house, and I tore it down three walls, and I, I put that front facade on it which is you know, sculpted two-by-eight over some sheathing and a bunch of paper and all that. So I didn't put a clear on it. I just stained it, and I didn't put turn oil on it. That's why I've been wondering if, uh, if that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, you know what, Mike? I'm going to uh, I'm gonna shoot you a phone number to my most trusted painter, uh, oh, okay. Dave and Aaron Rimming that are out right by you, okay? They're right in your neighborhood. And and I'm going to ask Dave or Aaron to swing by, take a look at what you've been doing, check the condition of the wood, because from this picture, it really looks like it's a, you've been taking excellent care of it. Uh, it's about seven years old now. Well, boy, it doesn't look like it. it. It looks brand new. You're doing an incredible job. Let's let's get Dave or Aaron do a drive-by and get their product specific product recommendation, okay? That'd be good. Okay, we've got your phone number, and uh, we'll be in touch with you after the show to set that up. So with that set, we're wrapping up and wrapping down on the last of our four-hour Saturday morning program. And we've got Diamondback tickets to give away, and that's the you know, 4th of Jul- July weekend, right? Yeah, but I don't have any details on the bat time, the first pitch. The bat time. The bat time. The bat time. The bat time. <laughs> so we'll give them away on the 23rd. First pitch. First pitch. <laughs> you don't know when they're dropping the puck Yeah. Uh, uh, on the pitcher's mound? Right. <laughs> All right, so we'll give them away next weekend. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. Y'all have a great week. It's Rosie on the house signing off. Till next Saturday morning.